Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree. Uh, you're on with another episode with Leonard Kemp. Uh, it's been an interesting year, I guess we could say for everyone here. But uh, today we got a very special guest. His name's uh, Drew Sizer. And I wanted uh, Drew to kind of take a moment to really go and introduce himself and share with everyone who he is. Um, Drew, do you mind taking a moment to share with everyone who you are and like what you do and everything? Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. I appreciate you uh, giving me the time here. Um, the last name I know is challenging. I'll, I'll correct you there. Uh, it's Chester, like a chess board, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a German name, so it's okay. Nobody ever gets it right. Yeah. Gotta silence out the ass, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Names are always tricky and I'm personally not the best at always pronouncing those. So, uh, not a big deal. Like I said, it's it's kind of comes with the territory of the name. But um, yeah, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity, the platform to speak. Uh, so my background: uh, 29 years old, currently uh, work at at Marriott International. Um, but for the last six months, uh, I've I've kind of been on a special assignment, so to speak, uh, working with the New York. Department of Labor. So um, I can't really say, like, you know, outside of that affiliation, uh, like the process and all that, but it was definitely, um, you know, an intriguing process. So I have a background in uh, global business. I've traveled to um, really only North America. So I'm early in the travel world, as so to speak, but I've been in Marriott for about three years. Um, you know, we're in a pandemic, so it's definitely a heavy hit industry. I've seen lots of people come and go over the last, you know, six months. And luckily I'm, I'm here, uh, you know, kind of making a difference for the last six months. Nice. So I know that, um, You've been working at the Marriott for a long time, and I know one of the biggest things that's kind of been impacted in this world of, like, COVID and everything is uh, travel. And being at uh, Marriott, like, that's a big thing in travel, right? Well, yeah, Marriott's the the largest hotel hospitality company uh, in the world. We have the most uh, members, I think, Last I heard, it was if I if I had to remember off the top of my head, it was like six million, maybe more than that. They, to be honest with you, I don't have the exact number, but we have a lot of members. Uh, there's a few affiliates, like the Points guy writes a lot about uh, Marriott hotels. It's like a blog or travel blog, and you know, really, there is a, a large demographic of uh, you know influencers that travel that do things like nursing, people that travel in their own kind of summer of the RV type thing where they, you know, sell their house, they travel in the RV across, you know, states and, and just do a variety of things. It could be like workout stuff. It could be like, you know, 
one of the popular things right now is like ketones, like keto dieting, and they travel um, in their in their respective fields and do different things, different influencers and like that. Um, so we we have at Marriott, of, I guess, like you know, a tier system of your loyalty and all that, where if you travel more frequent, you know, you get certain perks and, and different things like that. And so um, I'm actually just fresh uh, returning to that aspect of life in terms of travel. So it's kind of unique. You know, I, I, haven't, I haven't been dealing with that so much in the last six, seven, eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of been, you know, dealing on a day-to-day basis with, you know, assisting people in New York and dealing with, you know, unemployment insurance claims and just a variety of, of issues in that, uh, in that kind of, you know, day-to-day life, I guess, at my job. So, yeah, yeah travel, <clears throat> travel has always been something I've been passionate about even early into my career. So it's definitely been a, a scene change, you know, from when, let's say 2004, you traveled and 2020 when you travel for sure, especially in the last year with COVID. Yeah, a lot of things have really been impacted with that. And I know you've been kind of like dealing with, uh, as you mentioned, the uh, labor board and whatnot. Uh, Do you think a lot of these issues have kind of been uh, because of this whole COVID situation? Oh, yeah. You know, there's companies out there like IBM. There's some others like, uh, what's the other? Um, it's a difficult, it starts with the S. It's, um, so IBM, Deloitte, and then there's a, there's a few, there's like five or six more, really, that have, I think, jumped on board in the process. So, you know, it's not, you know, by any means, it, it wouldn't exist in today's world without COVID, I think, in terms of how they you know, brought together different companies in, in New York um, State Department. You know, I <laughs> I couldn't speak on, on how they approach, you know, that level of, of the impact. You know, it, just in a state level, you know, a federal level, and the politics that go into, you know, things that, you know, now affect everyday Americans, like PPP loans, um you know, immigration services for people that have traveled, you know, to our country to work from a foreign country, just, you know, anything that, you know, halted in terms of the pandemic, including travel, it, I don't think the the project that we were, you know, on would have happened without COVID, you know, so they're directly related. But, um, you know, I can't say how many, but I know the State Department would not be able to handle that that load of, you know, unemployment insurance claims for everyday people without some level of, of assistance. So it's good to yeah. know that, you know, in some ways there are companies out here that are, you know, promoting and helping, you know, people in situations that normally we, you know, there would no, there would not be any help, especially our government and things like that. You know, that's the thing for me that I think stands out is, you know, had, you know, March, January, December, people say that, it was in our country and people, you know, were sick during that time, but no one knew. So it's really eye opening. You know, we've had doctors that contracted COVID and, you know, God forbid somebody lost friends and family uh, during that time in New York as well. So it's, you know, definitely one of the hardest to, uh, I would say, places.
places and every day it was kind of, you know, surreal to, to make a difference in, in people's lives, um, you know, in a good way. And then also kind of safeguard, um, you know, our country from people that know we're vulnerable, like in a, in a pandemic, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's a lot of uh, great information that you're sharing with us. I'm going to, we're going to be hopping off for a commercial break shortly. Uh, where can people find you online, Drew? So the best way to get a hold of me is Twitter. Uh, so my Twitter hashtag is Pampa, P-A-M-P-A-D-116. So that's, you know, my personal uh, Twitter account. And, um, you know, I, my, my Twitter account is kind of, Twitter is my platform, so to speak. I'm not as involved as I should be, but yeah, Pampa D116. Awesome. And you can find me at Mr. Leonard Camp on Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week change can be a scary thing it's way too easy to stay inside your comfort zone but the world is changing and that's not going to stop without adapting yourself to the rest of life is just selling yourself short join sandra hill every week for grow your voice overcome your fears you gain insight with expert guests experiences and tools to help you navigate the change and perhaps even welcome it listen live on fridays at 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific on the voice america influencers channel Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here. Uh, we're back with Drew and we've been talking about a lot of the, the things uh, in regards to the Department of Labor with New York. And uh, Drew, you kind of mentioned a lot of the different companies that you've been working with and you started to uh, hint at some of the great work that you've been doing. Do you want to kind of go in a little bit more depth of exactly what's really going on? 
and how the Department of uh, Labor is really helping a lot of people who've been affected through this whole uh, pandemic? Well, there's definitely people that I think fall through, you know, in that process. And so um, it, it is a really unique environment. You know, I've never worked in it, you know, at least in the background of uh, dealing with the, you know, unemployment insurance plans. I've never had to go through that personally. But, you know, I I hold, you know, kind of the, the situation with New York in, in a special way just because it, it brought in, like you said, so many different companies in, in that light. And, you know, we had people with all kinds of backgrounds and experiences in that process. And without, you know, giving away too much operational stuff, you know, really it, it just involves a lot of coordination. Um, you know, half of your day you spend in support of different, you know, platforms, different uh, systems that require, you know, your front-end user to be able to process unemployment insurance claim, along with, you know, the remote uh, aspect to that where everything's kind of virtual. It's not like, you know, if if you had, say, an issue and, you know, you raise your hand and somebody comes over and helps you with whatever your issue is on your computer, right? It's, yeah. you know, it's over, you know, 2,000 people coordinating, you know, different issues at different moments related to different claims. So, you know, you're kind of in this pool of, of people that you're all working on the same project to ensure, you know, the right steps are taken for every person that calls in. And so the State Department has, you know, their side of how things work and, you know, how they want, you know, us to support you know, New Yorkers and, and their claims. And so sometimes that, you know, like you said, just the process and helping people, sometimes that involves taking more action in other cases, you know, like escalating and just, you know, kind of your, it's kind of the other side to a customer service role where you're not selling anything, you know, you're helping someone that has um, lost their job. So it's yeah. not a it's not a good situation for the person that's calling in. And so sometimes it's really, you know, surprising to hear, you know, that people, people have lost, excuse me, people have lost, you know, their families and they have so much pressure on their families and their children. And, you know, I think New York as a, as a state has done a good job of kind of streamlining how the process works when it comes to information on PPP loans or information on pandemic unemployment assistance for individuals who were not able to to normally receive, you know, compensation for their own businesses or for their own, you know, money that they lost for a business that they were going to start. Um, and so it, it's been really intriguing to kind of stay in that bubble and learn, you know, the process that that started, started back in March. So when that, you know, came to be, nobody knew, I mean, even, even regular New York Department of Labor agents were not educated on what pandemic unemployment assistance is because it just fruition from the president, you know, Hey, this is assistance we're giving to Americans, right? Trillions of dollars. And they still talk about it now because there's a second part of that. So, you know, it, for me, it's really a good feeling as every day kind of, you know, like you can grow your influence tree in opportunities like 
but like this, where not only do you get to like be authentic, but you kind of get to stand out in how you approach your everyday uh, job and like how you approach, you know, helping people. And so there are so many times that I had people tell me, you know, not just on the project, but people that call in for, for, you know, their, their unemployment insurance claim that I was either super down to earth or, you know, you just get those compliments that like, Oh, you're, you know, really helpful. Nobody else is giving me that information that you've given me. And so even in the, in the, in the pure sense of being transparent with somebody and say, look, this is not something that I can help you with. It's outside my knowledge. I don't know. Even doing that and getting them to the right person, you know, when we, you know, cause we were required to stay in the loop when it comes to taking phone calls. But, early on and like as it progressed forward, you know, you have to stay informed on what's happening, you know, by our government. Then you have to tra- you have to teach that to other people. So they could say, yeah, you need to take calls, but really, you know, we have 500 people that need, you know, an idea of, of what to do um, in certain situations, you know, like certain claimants that need, you know, this done on their claim or they need, you know, because they're on pandemic unemployment assistance, they have to show proof of, of what they earned as say an Uber driver, right? There's a lot of people that make a living doing that in New York. And so it, it kind of, yeah, go ahead. Like Uber drivers before the pandemic, if they quit working with Uber, they wouldn't even get on the unemployment, right? Not necessarily. So like, like different situations like that where, you know, hey, I quit working as an Uber driver. Uh, well, what did you what did you start working as? Like, did you go to Lyft? Did you? It doesn't necessarily automatically disqualify somebody. They can have a reasonable explanation, and it be valid. Like, hey, I quit driving at Uber because I made I got a job. You know, with Leonard Kim making you know fifty thousand dollars. Well, that's a reasonable. Well, you you look know, at and the, then the pandemic. The problem, <laughs> right. Say that one more time, sorry. So you so so you also look at the prior employment too. Right. So it, it's based on, you know, like it it's based on when you stop working. Like when did you stop, you know, when did you stop? Right? Like I stopped working because I was fired, you know, in, in May and you're calling in, you know, in October, you know, that's a long time to be without a job, one, two, you know, not to file a, a claim for your unemployment. So there's there's always some indication, you know, you can keep red flags. Those are calls, you know, that you get. I, I'd probably say, you know, that's outside the norm that regular unemployment wouldn't have as strict policy to, like, privacy or strict policy as, like, you know, identity, proving who you are and that you lost your job and, and you know, it's not New York, like I said, did a good job of streamlining it. And then as they streamline it, you know, it's on the person that filed the claim to provide proof as like, yeah, I, work, I worked at Uber. Here's the wages. And I quit and had regular W-2 employment. And from then, you know, pandemic hit, I lost my job. So what do I do? I only have my job for like, you know, one paycheck. Well, you can, in that case, you know, you kind of use what they earned at Uber. That's normally not something that you would do outside the pandemic just because you have your own, you know, kind of 1099 employment. It's kind of self-employed. So it's not, 
you know, a standard job that people file their taxes, you know, W-2 or from a regular, I I guess what you call regular job, but you're not self-employed. So it's kind of a tricky situation sometimes in that where like if somebody was self-employed and then they started their own job or they started working somewhere where they were getting paid payroll and or opposite of that where it's like, hey, I started my own business at Coney Island and the pandemic hit, like I already spent a bunch of money on rent and, you know, a bunch of money on these products and now I can't sell it. And so, you know, the PPP loans that had no interest were helpful. You know, I we didn't handle that, but we had... Uh, you know, resources to get them on the right kind of path to do that. And there are certain qualifications, so you don't just say, hey, go call PPP because they're going to be able to help you better than we can. It just depends on on the claimant and the situation. But PUA definitely started as one thing and then progressed into something further down the line. You know, the intent of that being people that don't normally receive unemployment can receive unemployment using pandemic unemployment assistance. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, it's pretty awesome that what you guys are doing is figuring out ways where you could do things that were unattainable before, like taking someone's Uber income and turning it into a source of income to help someone go out there and earn more uh, in unemployment benefits, uh, especially during these troubling times where normally prior to all this, that type of situation wouldn't happen. And, I mean, it's pretty commendable for the the state of New York to actually go and do stuff like this with the uh, Department of Labor. And I know uh, personally from uh, how New York is, it's a very expensive state to live in. And I know it was one of the hardest in the whole entire United States to be hit in the very beginning of the pandemic. And a lot of people lost members of their family and so forth. Do you feel that um, the unemployment benefits that uh, people are receiving are giving them enough to stay strong through what's been going on with everything? You know, I think it it depends. Like, I, I, I can tell you, you know, the people on our side that were, you know, um, you know, trying to help New Yorkers, you never really heard, you know, much from people saying, you know, really, I, you know, I don't, this isn't enough. You know, they had, there's laws, there, there's different laws for different people and their professions. So like you could have a labor law about teaching, you could have a labor law about trades, you could have, you know, labor law about um, like PUA, as we mentioned, now they have, you know, the laws on that and what qualifies in terms of eligibility, were you impacted by COVID? Did someone in your family have COVID? Did they pass away because of COVID? Did they die? You know, did you get seek medical treatment? They shut down all of New York at some point. So a lot of people just probably, you know, that I spoke with just stopped working. Now there are that did continue to work, but I, I, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I do think there were plenty of instances. Um, there were some that, that make you think, you know, without, you know, I don't remember so-and-so's name, but there are some situations that, um, you know, the person that's calling in to get unemployment was like a senior vice president of sales or, you know, a senior vice president of a company that, uh, where they made good money and 
it doesn't matter where you fall at in terms of your, you know, your economic earnings, you know, where you fall out like high middle class or, you know, upper middle class or the 1% because you're capped no matter what you make in the state of New York. So you can only make, you know, back $504 a week. So if you made over, you know, a hundred thousand, you're going to definitely be out of money and probably not in a situation um, where you'd be very fortunate, I would say, just in terms of what you made before and what you get back from unemployment. So yeah, there, there's people that earned plenty of people that earned enough to, to not get back that percentage. Like, 2% back of what you made at your job normally. That's not going to help you, you know, sustain the way you live or your house or your family. In other cases, you know, it, it was equal because it's all based on, on your wages. So how much did you make in quarter one of 19, quarter two of 19, quarter three of 19, quarter four. So we don't say, well, this person deserves more than others. It's just based on your employment. So, you know, it, it, it really doesn't, um, involved too much of, of like that, I guess, like I didn't come across very many people that did make more than the cap, but then there, it seems like at times there was. So it just kind of ebb and flowed where some days you get people that made more and then other days you get people that made less. Right. Mm -hmm. But you know, my, my role personally, like, you know, I spent more time teaching other people because, you know, the skills that I have, you know, being able to pick up things and new systems, and software, you know, from the get-go and being able to, to teach that to other people. So I spent less time taking calls, I think, and then majority, you know, teaching other people to do what I do, which is help. You know, so we had a group of like 150 out of 2,000 that were designated, you know, assigned to help, you know, virtually across our country, Um to help people that were struggling that couldn't get the information, you know, or couldn't develop the skills software-wise, like they couldn't figure out how to do something and they needed help. So we built the resources, you know, the resources were built as we went. But uh, for me personally, you know, like I'd spent a lot of time teaching other people to try to, you know, stay uh, helpful in that regard, which helps everybody as a whole because the more people that you have, in terms of a force that can do, you know, take unemployment insurance claims, can make modifications if there's need, you know, if need be, can advise, you know, what claimants in New York need to file, what information they need and be secure is, you know, that's the whole job, right? So you're kind of teaching somebody how to do their job. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it seems that you've been kind of moving up in your career and taking more of a leadership position. And we kind of want to get more into that in the next segment. And uh, earlier, uh, when we went off to break, uh, you shared where people could find you online. And you said it was somewhere on Twitter. Where exactly was that again? Yeah, so that's PampaD116. That's my Twitter handle. Perfect. And you can always find me at Leonard Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Get Unchained 
Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel, featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim here. We're back with Drew. Uh, Earlier in uh, the conversation, Drew kind of talked a lot about what the Department of Labor has been doing over in New York. Uh, I actually first spoke with Drew about a year and a half ago, and we and he was talking to me about a situation at work and he was having a lot of difficulty kind of getting promoted where he talked about he was over at the Marriott and everything and I don't want to kind of take away the steam of exactly what was going on but do you want to kind of explain like what happened and what I kind of told you to do what you ended up doing and how it led to these like more it seems like you have more of a leadership role now and like what that was kind of like attributed to or how that all kind of happened. Right. And yeah, I think what for me was what really stood out is just being in a group of other, you know, colleagues and people from other companies and being able to excel. So like with this project, and so before that, my, my journey, you know, on travel with, with Bonvoy and there's a, you know, an international company merging, two hotel companies merging. At the time, you know, I was getting my, my master's degree. So for me, I felt like I stood out in a sense that I held education that other people did not in my age demographic, as well as, you know, some of the, the older demographic, like baby boomers or whatnot. And so for me, the journey was, you know, when you're younger, you're always more hungry. 
you you always want more. You always feel like, you know, you're determined to get, you know, what it is you want out of life and you put in that energy. And sometimes you don't get what you put in. You feel like your truth, you don't get that. You get something else. And, you know, that can be challenging. And that It's kind of like blind ambition when you're kind of young, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. You're like, I'm going to go do this thing. And I'm going to be the best at this thing. And, um, yeah, I, in a sense, yeah, it is. It is blind ambition. You're kind of, you're kind of really judgmental when you're young too. You don't realize it, but like you, you see everybody and you think sometimes the best of people. And then when it comes to your own personal ambition, you're like, well, that person's really good, but I could do this better. Or that person's really successful. What did they do to get that success? I have all these, you know, things that I've done in my experiences. Why are they successful and I'm not? And sometimes it's personal too, where you feel like, you know, you meet people, friends, or, you know, colleagues, or um, you're in relationships, like with spouses, where you're like, how does that person become who they are successful? And I never envisioned when I was younger, sharing a place of employment with a spouse, because it just wasn't, wasn't a dream. You know, I've always kind of had the, it's cliche, but I've always kind of had the cubicle mindset, like, I'll just work in the office, like at a cubicle and I'm okay. I'm happy with that as long as I make enough money to get what I want in life. Right. Like everybody wants something. And so for me to go to a place, you know, like Marriott and then get kind of put in situations where I could be successful, but then see other people that I knew like spouses or, uh, um, you know, other colleagues that were, that were being chosen over me, you know, not because they, had education or because they were really smart or because people liked them and they were popular, but like put into context of one, you know, sit down face to face with the person that is in that department that hires. And so it can feel really personal. It feels like, well, I've been doing, you know, something for six months. How well can, how fast can you master what you do? Right. Like if you're selling, you know, um, and that's one of the things I liked about your book was it talks a lot about, it, it really, for me, it focuses that ambition in a way where you can digest your emotions and, you know, other people's, um, not approaches, but it kind of focuses your own approach. And then it and that helps you in turn realize how other people are focused on their lives or what you can do to help them being transparent with your own life. And so... In the, in the end, you know, people that, it kind of works out sometimes. Like, the pandemic is terrible. So many people have been impacted. And my own personal story, you know, like, my, my spouse got fired. She got picked over me. And then, you know, I'm working still in my role, but she's not. So even though in the short term it felt like, yeah, this is wrong. How can that happen? You look back and that person now is no longer with the company that they were picked or the job they were picked for. So it's kind of, it's kind of confusing too. Cause it's like, well, you know, that situation still happened. And so you live it and it, it took kind of a personal toll for a little while, but you just kind of move on. You know, the book, when we spoke, I was definitely really frustrated in the book. You know, your book ditch that has good things in it for me to kind of stay focused. And, you know, the social influence aspect um, it's encouraged me to kind of step outside the box and try to find an avenue to um, 
to grow, you know, like your social influence and people that you interact with and cultures. And, you know, like today is uh, Black History Month or this month is Black History Month in, in Great Britain. Something I never would have, I feel like I never would have been in tune with, you know, had I not read your book and kind of focused, you know, my, my thoughts and, and kind of how my experiences have impacted my life, like where I grew up and who I was around when I grew up and where I went to school doesn't fit inside, you know, like Ivy League thing where I had friends that did go to Ivy League schools and we ended up, you know, at the same project, you know, 10 years later. And you're like, wow, I'm doing a project with somebody who went to Ivy League school, you know, that now um, we're both kind of at the the same moment in life. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy how we all start out at a different place, but then we all kind of move through different paths. Uh, one thing that you kind of mentioned is your company before to your company now. Uh, you mentioned you're working with a lot of people now. Were you working with that same capacity of people at your other company, the Marriott or uh, the tra- hospitality company, compared to uh, the Department of Labor? Uh, no, I, I no, not not on a day to day basis. No, you know, you're just kind of. It's not. I've been virtual prior to the pandemic, so I, I was virtual for about near two years before COVID hit, and then. I ended up in the New York project, but on a day-to-day basis, you're interacting with, like I said, you got about 2000 people versus, you know, the, you know, 30 people that are on your team at Marriott. So it, it was definitely more, you know, you had more demand to help other people that, like you said, in a leadership role where, you know, maybe on your team of 30 people, you're the, you're the superstar or whatever they say, you're the, you're the best of the best, but uh, people of 2000 and you're interacting with that group of people and a large group of those, you know, that are on the project know who you are because you've helped them gives you a different notoriety across the country. Right. It's, it's kind of day and night, I guess it feels in a way. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. And, um, well, one of the things that, Okay, so you're working in a virtual environment, and that's kind of new for a lot of people. And you're you're finding ways to actually like stick out uh, compared to your peers, where you're actually able to start teaching your peers how to do things and teaching them how the software works and so forth. How how are you kind of able to do that? Like, I even find difficulty myself, like working in a virtual environment right now. Oh yeah, it for me like I'm I try to be like genuine all the time and so sometimes you know you always come across people that it's more challenging to communicate with or it's more challenging to um you know relate to and you know I personally like I've never I come across those people but it's very few that I do have that so virtually you know for me, it wasn't as much of a challenge to like, hey, I could share my camera so you can see me. Or, you know, we're, we have the capability to remote in, which is a big thing that we use, is remote into your PC and say, hey, where where are you stuck at? Where, what's happening? You know, what's your problem that I can solve? And so sometimes that's all people need, 
that or, you know, hey, here's a little encouragement. You're doing the right thing. You're, you know, making the right step. You know, keep doing it and kind of give them a pat on the back. But virtually, there was a lot of coordination when you have to teach people, like, how to simple things, like you use the at sign when you're replying to someone on Twitter. We use the same at sign to at someone on the platform that we use with the Department of Labor. And you coordinate with somebody like, hey, I need to talk to Leonard. I use the at sign, type in Leonard, and he comes right up, right? Like everybody should be comfortable using Microsoft Teams because that's what we use. So you have 2,000 people on Microsoft Teams that, you know, need help or need support or need some kind of development in a training environment where maybe you pull 10 of the people that have the highest, you know, transfer rate. Right. And you say, hey, you 10, either individually or together, however you go about the, the operation side of it, you kind of have a flexibility. Nobody puts you in a box and says, hey, these 10 people, put them in a group, fix their problem. It's like, hey, these 10 people are struggling. Can you help them? Yeah, I can fix that problem. What, you know, what are the reasons that this person transfers or this person transfers or do they understand how to use the system? Do they understand, you know, what's happening when a claim is filed, how we get the claim, you know, what information is vital on that call to, you know, not only make it secure, but to be able to do the job. So virtually I think a lot of people enjoyed being kind of helped in like, here, let me show you because I can show you on my computer or here, let me, remote into your side, what error are you getting? What problem are you getting? Here, let me show you how to do it. People thrive sometimes in that environment where you can show someone and you can yeah. kind of audio, audio, like go to this file, go to this, you know, program, open it, then go to the next thing, you know? So it, it depends on the person. Virtually, you know, for me, like I spent more time at the end trying to build exposure for like my resume, like who can I get as a reference on this project, right? Because with so many companies, hey, I worked with this person. Can you, you know, at IBM, that's a notable company. There's credibility in that company, right? So it's all about, for me, trying to build my credibility so I can move up in leadership, right? You go back to Marriott, um, people that, you know, potentially were on the project with you that also worked at Marriott, and other companies, too, you kind of grow your, you kind of expose yourself to other people, you know, and yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Well, I feel that you've kind of shared like a lot of tidbits and advice that people could really go out there and utilize, especially working in virtual environments, a lot of the amazing help that the, the Department of Labor over in New York has been doing, and a lot of your own personal experience to really go out there and maneuver and move up in your career so you could go out there and not just uh, help yourself, but help the people that you're working with and also provide opportunity where uh, you're providing the utmost customer service to going out there and working as a team and building up camaraderie and just building up such a talented uh success pool where it seems that as your career progresses even further from our first conversation a year and a half ago you've gone from one place to a much higher place and it seems that that's just going to continue to grow and grow and 
from this pandemic, as you kind of mentioned before, a lot of people are being hurt, losing their jobs, not being able to pay for things, losing their family members. They're falling behind and behind, but it seems that your path is kind of carved out where you're kind of moving ahead. Um, when you kind of think about that and put that into perspective, how does that kind of make you feel? Well, I can tell you, you know, there's different pain. There's different pain and different problems for certain people, and you really have to find a way that mediates their their anxiety. So sometimes that's a challenge. Like for the month of June on this project with the 2,000 people we had in the different companies, as a, like a, you know, we were a unit of 150 helping a unit of 2,000. Just in that one, you know, one week, we had 7,000 questions. In the next week, we had 7,000 questions. The end of June, 7,000 questions. So you're talking just for the month of June, which was the high point, 28,000 questions by 2,000 associates answered by 150 people. When you think about that context, it's, it's like, man, I never even thought that there was that many questions. You just kind of get to each one and you go and you just get to the next one and you go. And so when you're able to relate to a person's problem and the pain that they're experiencing, if they have anxiety or some people just can't, can't do that. They can't, it's too much. Learning something new is too much. Even that simple concept of like, I'm going to learn how to make, you know, my life better, or I'm going to learn how to do a new thing on a computer or two different things for some people, you know, some demographics, so some quit. But, you know, I've, I'm just not that kind of person that would quit, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it kind of makes you feel a certain way when somebody quits. I, you know, obviously, you know, people reach out to me and they say, hey, this person's going to quit. Can you help? And... Sometimes you have to encourage that person, like, if this is too much, if you can't, you know, use a system like Microsoft Teams, maybe this project or this thing that you, you know, were picked for isn't something that you should continue to do. And it's hard to say that to somebody without, you know, really relating to them. You have to relate to that person. Like, what, what gives you anxiety about what we're doing, right, and try to help them? Yeah, it seems like that's a pretty complicated question to really answer because there's so many emotions that really go behind it. But, Drew, I wanted to thank you so much for hopping on with us and sharing your insights with us. Uh, for one last time, can you share with the audience where they can find you on Twitter? Yeah, it's going to be Pampa, how it sounds, P-A-M-P-A-D-116, Pampa116, Pampa D116, sorry. Cool, and you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.